0: Good morning, everybody. Today, Beis Hashem, will be learning oh. Daf Lamed Aleph in Maseches Psachim. We start with the mission on the bottom of Lamed Aleph. Nachri Shilvah Israel Al Chameitzo. Now, as we board the P'sachim train, taking us on a tour through Shas, today will be—it's going to feel like we're in Ezekiel Land. Okay, we're going to learn about Shibudah, the Rabbi Nasan, famous concept. We're going to have a malveh, a loveh, yesoimim. Don't ask. How do we get to this? Well, we have been learning the last few days, right, that chametz shavar, l'av pesach, basically normative halacha, to boil it down, um, you know, to disregard the side shitas and boil it down. If the chametz was in the possession of a non-Jew, then it's okay, right? And if it was in the possession of shavar, pesach, which means that you it basically a Jew was chalila over with him, right? It was in the possession of a Jew throughout Pesach. That is, there is a gazera on that. That's going to be usher, right, after Pesach as well. So, the question that Andrew kept asking me, and I told him, not today, Andrew, not yet, was, well, what if this chametz was used as a mashkom, right? What if it was used as collateral uh, in a loan between a Jew and a non-Jew? Is the collateral considered as if it belongs to the Jew or to the non-Jew? Well, in which direction are you talking about? Who lent who the money? Well, our Mishnah is going to discuss both cases, and that is going to set us off on a journey through shomim, p'sachim, lending, yisomim, etc. So let's see. Says the Mishnah. So in the first case, you have a nachri that lent money to a Jew, Right, obviously, this transaction is taking place before Pesach, and the collateral, if the Jew defaults on the loan, is that the Nahri gets to keep the Jews' Chameetz. Okay, where is the Chameetz? Well, that's a very important question. Uh, so the Rashi already gives it away, it's going to be discussed in the Gemara. But the Rashi says, Etzlaha Nahri Pesach. The Chameetz is by the Nahri. So, again, interestingly enough, the collateral is sitting at the home of the person, of the lender, right? We have a lender and we have a borrower. The lender is already holding on to the collateral. He says, you get this back when I get back my money, okay? Fine. So, says the Gemara, says uh, the Mishnah, rather, right? So, it's not going to be Chavashavar, um, Chavashavar this chametz was in the possession of the Nachri. Now, it was physically in the home of the Nachri, as, as Rashi points out, which is pointed out later by the Gemara, but in addition to that, we're going to bring this Mishnah as a proof that not only is it physically in the home of the Nahri, but it is also considered the Nachri, right? The Nahri is the lender in this first case. And therefore, the Nachri, it's as if the collateral belongs to him from the time of the transaction. That ends up becoming the question of the Gemara. Is a collateral component of a loan considered the borrowers or the lenders and if it is considered the lenders is that considered the the lenders from the time of the transaction or from the time of the default remember the collateral only becomes the lender's collateral if the borrower defaults on the loan right so the borrower defaulting on the loan is that the point where the collateral becomes the lenders or do you say no this really belongs to the lenders And then, if the borrower does not default on the loan, then he gets his collateral back, as he almost purchases it back, so to speak, with the, by by paying off his loan. Okay, so that's the question here. Okay, so now, again, it starts off with chametz and then gets right off the rails. So, the chametz here, in the first case, the, is in the home of the Nachri, and the, and is in the, and is, um, and is owed as a collateral from the Jew to the Nahri, and therefore that chametz is going to be mutter barna, there's going to be no issue of chametz Shavr of Pesach. Second case, v'israel es nachri al-chametzo, so it's the opposite case. Here, the Jew is the money lender, as it was for centuries, and millennia, the Jew is lending the money to the Nachri, before Pesach. In that case, achar Pesach aser ba'anah. Why? The Jew has the collateral, the chametz collateral, in his well in his possession presumably but even if it's in the nachri's possession we'll see the gemara is going to discuss this but presumably again it's a question of does a collateral considered in the possession of the borrower or the lender so in the case where right the nachri is a lender it's going to be mutter, which means that the collateral is in the nachri's possession. In the case where the Jew is the lender, it's going to be usser and treated as though the collateral is in again the same in the same vein in the lender's uh, possession. So we see from here that it sounds like collateral is treated as if it is in the lender's, not in the borrower's possession. Okay. So gemara itmar Baal So now we're getting right into nuzikin here. What is the case in a regular case of a creditor, right, who's holding a mashkon in his possession? So Classic machlokes abaya and rava. Abaye, when he says he means that what we said before, that a collateral in a case of a loan is considered as if it is in the lender's possession. And rava says that no. Mikanel habahu gova means that no, only once the borrower defaults on the loan is it considered to be in the lender's possession. But until then, this is the borrower's mashkon. After all, it is the borrower's right possession, right? It, it was originally the borrower's possession, right? It only, but the question is, when you put up your, let's say, house, right, as a as as a collateral for a mortgage loan, right, so. Does, that, does your house belong to the bank or does it belong to you, right? Would you say that your house belongs to the bank until you pay off the mortgage or would you say that the house belongs to you, right? And the only time, God forbid, the bank would take it is if you default on the mortgage, right? So Abaye says that, no, the house belongs already to the bank. You're basically buying it back. And Rava says, no, the house belongs to you. If you default, then it becomes the bank's, Okay. So now, we're going to talk about the, what is the nafka al halacha, in other words, why does it matter? What are cases where it matters, whether it belongs to the borrower or the lender? So it says the gemara, So let's say, right, the love here is the borrower. So let's say the borrower is going to sell off this thing, right, so the borrower is used to this mashkon, right, let's say uh, it's his car. So the borrower, let's say it's an Acura for argument's sake. So the borrower is used to the Acura being his, right? So if he was makdish it to the base of mikdash, or he sold it, right? So nobody's going to dispute in that case where the borrower is selling off his his Acura or, or or donating to the base of mikdash. That if God forbid he were to default on his loan, that the lender could go back and get the Acura. So this is another a way of saying that even Rava, right, who holds that the Acura can, uh, it belongs to the borrower the entire time, he would have to concede some type of Lema right? He would have to concede some type of connection to the lender in the sense that, right, the borrower's ownership is, in fact, compromised in some way, right? The borrower considers it his Acura. It's just the collateral that's going to be there in case of, you know, in the worst case scenario. But the fact of the matter is, that if he sold it off, and then he def- right, he, he, he and he defaulted in some way, so then it could always just be taken away. In other words, it could be taken away from the person he sold it to. That means that even at the time that he sold it off, which is in the interim between the transaction and the default, it wasn't really 100% his, right? If it was really 100% his, then people would be able to buy it from him cleanly without having to worry, right, that some other creditor would come get it. So. So this is just another way of the Gemara saying that even Rava has to concede some version of Lema Freya to Abaye, okay? Because as we arrive at Lamed Aleph, right? Because the the because what we're saying is right that the lender, right, could always come and redeem it. Did How do we know? Because we learned in the Mishnah, right? Um, Right, that, that's a case, right? It's exactly that case. It's a case where a person was makdish, let's say, some of his property, and he owed his creditors, right? So then, what does the creditor do? The creditor can go and get the said property, right? And out of hekdish. What's this mosef od dinar. Rashi explains? When you get something out of Hektish, you can't get the exact amount, as Rashi says, <laughs> hekde is just something that you have to redeem, right? You, so when you redeem it, you don't just reclaim it. You have to add a little, like, stuck on the pushka, so to speak, right? That's, that, that's the difference between just taking it back and redeeming it. So that's the concept of Moisef odina. The only reason you're adding a little bit of money is because you're taking it out. But fundamentally, what's happening here is A, a borrower... Uh, was makdish something to the base of mikdash? This is the mission in Eirechin. A borrower was makdish something to the base of mikdash. The creditor came and t- came to collect it, and so he just threw a penny in the pushka and took the money back. Which is to say that it wasn't really so much the borrower's after all, was it? Because somebody else had access to it um, when when the borrower defaulted on the loan. Okay, so he's podim the Hasima elu and kiplegi. Um, where do Abayah and Ravah therefore have like a clean, so to speak, nafkamina where Ravah doesn't have to concede to Abayah and Abayah doesn't have to concede to Ravah and they all just hold to their guns in the purest form. In the following case, the zabin Malve. so here is the case where the lender, okay, now is the one that sold the property before the loan came due, which is to say, let's say the Acura in this case. So the lender says, uh, to the borrower okay I'm going to hold on to this Acura when you pay me back the money I'll give you the Acura your Acura back sure enough son of a gun he sells off the Acura Vekadish Malve or he was Makdash to the base of Mikdash and now the coin guttles driving around an Acura so Abaye Amar Freyahu Abaye in that case so you'll see why it's clean here Abaye right says that you collect that the Acura becomes right the Lenders retroactively, okay. So he says, matas mane zimne Therefore, when the debt comes due, and let's say the borrower defaulted, right? It's going to become re- uh, revealed the once, right? The borrower defaults, it emerges that what that the lender owned, owned this acre all along, akadesh, visha zavin, and therefore the sale of this Acura or the gifting of it or whatever to the Kohen godal was uh, the, the donation of it to Hekdesh was fine. It's all fine. It's going to be revealed that it was fine. But Rava Mikano Habahu and in that case also Rava says no. No. The right the lender didn't own this Acura until the borrower defaulted and therefore it was inappropriate for him. Until the borrower defaulted, it was inappropriate for him to be makdish the Acura. it was inappropriate for him to sell it, and that hekadesh, or that sale, is therefore not valid. You cannot say that it's valid. So what happens here is, Abaye and Rava don't concede anything to each other. That's why the Gemara is saying that this is the case where you see the machlokus in its purest form. Because in the case where the lender is the one that's selling off the mashkon. He had physical access to it and he's selling it off. In that case, Abaye is going to say, that was a good sale. I mean, obviously, that can only be considered, it's going to be a good sale. And then, um, the issue there, even though it's a good sale, so what if, what if the other, what if the other guy, uh, what if the borrower doesn't default? So that's a good question. What would happen if the, if the borrower doesn't default? Wouldn't Abaye have to concede to Rava in that case? Um, but be that as it may in the case where he did default he says it's a good sale um so that that in itself is one of the one of the uh questions that can just a little window i mean you have these huge rashes here a little window into where you could really get into Eun here you could fall into a rabbit hole of the entirety of mosex over here uh but in any event the fundamental Right distinction here is that Abaye and Rava hold the the following: Abaye holds lemafre, which means that a collateral is considered to be in the possession of right the lender until proven otherwise, and Rava holds that the collateral is considered in the possession of the borrower, and the lender only gets ownership of it once the borrower defaults. Fine. So let's elaborate a little bit on Rava's position. Uh, this aforementioned position I just mentioned now. Says the Gemara, Well, he's explaining now. What's the rationale of Reva? Exactly what what we just said right now, which is, you know, let's say the borrower amazingly pays his loan off. That's also a thing. And so let's say he had the money when it came time to pay. Then he could prevent the lender, obviously, from from collect from keeping that mashkon, from keeping the akira, right? He's masalik. The, the the he has nothing. To, he has no access to this mashkon at all. It says Rava. Therefore, ishakach the Hashtaka Therefore, ishtakach. It is found now. It is found. It emerges that when he does default on the loan, so it's only then that it becomes the lenders. So again, that that's clear. Why does the Gemara um, here? only give the position of Rava? Well, because the Gemara is going to analyze Rava now. We're eight lines down on Lamedaillef, Lamedaillef, Alph- mm. and we're going to dig into this. So again, I, I, I'm thinking of it in terms of also a house, let's say, mortgage to the bank. He's saying, well, the house is your house. You're living in it. It only, God forbid, in the case of default, so then so you take it. But when you pay off the mortgage, it turns out the house um, was yours all along. So let's see. Right? That's the position of Rava. It turns out the house was re- yours all along. Abaye's shita of lemafreya means that it's retroactively always the banks. Well, why would you say that? So let's see. What is What do we say about Rava? Do re- does Rava really agree with himself over here that this house and a mortgage belongs to the house homeowner all along until he defaults? Let's see. We have a case. For this case, you have to help cup. We're we're taking we're, we're getting really deep. We just stepped into the real deep waters of Neziken here. Ruvain Shemachar Sadeh L'Shimin, Bachrayas. This was a case of a famous Rami Barchama. Can't mention Rami Bahama without mentioning Shira Schmidtman, who wrote her PhD thesis on Rami Barchama in Hebrew University. Now, I'm sure she's very she has a lot of opinions on this case. Ruven sells the field to Shimon, okay, Bachrayas, which is to say he, when he, when Ruvain sold the field to Shimon, we're going to have three, three principal players. So it's not that hard of a case because we only have person A, B, and C. And so the, we're, we're going to call them Ruvain, Shimon, and the creditor. Ruvain's creditor. So Ruvain is actually, as it turns out, a good dude. I actually, well, I actually was involved in a transaction like this where Ruvain sells the field to Shimon. And he says to Shimon, listen, you don't have to pay me now. I'll say it a little bit outside first. When he sells this field to Shimon, right? So Reuven, all he has is the field. He has no other real estate. All he has is this field. And he tells Shimon, you know what? You don't have to pay me now. We'll consider the money that you owe me alone. And I'm also guaranteeing that if anything happens to the field, that I'll replace it. Meaning, I, will I'll take Ahrius on it. So Ruben is like doubly and triply invested in Shimon now, right? Shimon got a good deal. He gets the field with collateral, so to speak, with Ahrius, and he doesn't have to pay for it yet. He'll pay for it like whenever. Sure enough, after this, uh, subsequent to this transaction, Ruben passes. Alright? So now when Ruben passes away, now Ruben has heirs, right? Ruben has Yasomen. Right? And now Shimon is in a position where he has the field, but he has yet, yet to pay Ruvain. So he could, he's technically, what he's supposed to do is pay Ruvain's heirs. He's supposed to pay Ruvain's Yosemim. He, he owes money to the Yosemim. Now, when people owe money to Yosemim, they're supposed to pay that. Okay? Uh, we're going to see. We're going to see. What about if Yosemim owe money? This is important to understand. What about if, if, if Reuven owed money to people? So the halakha is, and we're gonna see the lambdas here, um, so money that's owed to people, Yosemim don't have to pay. But land transaction, real estate transaction, the do have to pay. What's the fundamental idea that we are latching onto here? That land is, is always, as this is all, this is what these long rashis are about, walking us through it. Land is something that's be'en, which is to say, land, you look at, it was physically present. Real estate, you could point to the building, okay? So as such, when the father, who's now deceased, when the late father made the deal, right, that thing, it's as if he's still here because the building, so to speak, is still representing the late father, right? The the building is still in existence, even though the late father is no longer here. So now, when that took place, you, The actual creditors Can collect real estate deals The actual real estate they can collect But money is fluid, right? It's not mine, it's not yours It's just kind of like circulating around the world So if that was a deal That wasn't tied to any real estate This is a lacha, right? This is not legal necessarily But this was the lacha, um that we're talking about So money is not owed It kind of goes to that. Those kinds of deals um, Go to the grave with the father So that's all going to play into here. So again, Ruvain did the following deal. He sold his field to Shimon. He said, I'll replace this field or whatever. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that you're whole, that even if a creditor comes or somebody takes, it's my guarantee that this is owed to him. Should it be seized by one of my creditors, said Ruvain, I'm going to reimburse you for the price of the field. Okay. It doesn't mean that he he, uh, guarantees that Shimon's going to get to keep the field, but at least he guarantees that he'll get paid in case that takes taken away. Okay. And then, right, the actual payment for the field, um, Ruvain, as we discussed, allows Shimon to not pay and consider the actual payment alone. So Shimon gets to hold on to the field and to his money as a loan. Okay. Amazed Ruvain, and as discussed, Ruvain passes here comes the creditor because Reuven did have creditors right. so now sure enough Reuven had creditors the creditors are going to go they're going to want to collect they see that Reuven doesn't have any land they're after the land right? because they can't take the money they can't take the money from the Yosomin so they want to take the land well the only piece of land that Ruven had as Rashi explains the only piece of land Ruven had he had sort of sold to Shimon. He didn't really sell it to him. I mean, he did sell it to him, but he but he didn't collect money from him. But it's currently the way the deal was structured in Shimon's possession. So Reuven's going to Shimon now. I'm sorry, the creditor is going to Shimon now. Reuven's creditor is going to Shimon to to collect the land. Okay. The also Shimon of Faisai Shimon said, you know what? I don't want to give you the land. I want, I'm going to pay you. Shimon is not the worst dude. He's heartbroken about his friend Ruvain's passing. And he had the money, as it turns out, just never got a chance to pay Ruvain yet. He kind of was holding on to it because he didn't have because it was a loan. So now that Ruvain passed, he gives the money that he had earmarked to get to pay Ruvain, and he just gives it to Ruvain creditor, says the Gemara. Dinahu, this is going to come back to Ravanabaya, believe it or not. Says the Gemara Dinahu, which means the Halacha is. The Asubne Ruvain, here come now the Asomim of Ruvain, Shimon, they still can go to Shimon and say, Anan Avun Gabach, our father left Metatalin that he had by you, which is to say, you still owe our father money. Now you may have thought, right, you may have thought that by Shimon paying the creditor, everyone is whole, right? Um how so? Well, the asomim had a creditor. So he's appeased, right? The Shimon gets his field, but he pays for it, albeit not to Ruben, he's paying to the creditor. The creditor had a something that he was owed and he gets that money, he gets it back, albeit not the field, but at least he gets back the money from Shimon. So everyone here is made whole by Shimon's uh, overture of giving the money to the creditor. And yet, that's not the halacha. Why? Because the Yasomim, because of the thing that we, the halacha that like we said before, that you can collect, right, real estate from yisomin, but you can't collect money from Yasomim, that means that the creditor can only take a field, right? But the creditor can't take money, which means that, uh, but, but however, Yasomim can collect money from, if, if they're owed. So it says say the Yasomim to Shimon. They go to Shimon and they say again, Anan metataleh shavak Avuk Kabach. You have money that's owed to our father, Umitatale, the Yasme And metataleh, which means money, right? The the money of Yasomim is not mortgaged to the creditors, right? In other words, the creditors are only, as we said, they're only going to get uh, uh, karka. They're not gonna get money. So the money that Ruvain owes the creditor doesn't have to get collected from Yasomim. right? The the creditor was owed money. So if Ruvain had a field, right, and he didn't have any money, then he would have to give him a field. But here, the, the Yasomim, they could have had, they had money, but they didn't have a field, or if they didn't have money or a field, right? So it turns out that Ruvain can't collect um, right, that, that, that money doesn't get collected from Yisomim, and therefore, what happens is that the Yisomim could still collect doubly from Shimon, because they could say Shimon, it was very nice of you, right, to to give our creditor the money, but we could still seize that money from you back, right? Um, because if Shimon gives the money to the creditor, he still owes the money to the Yisomim again, because the purchase. Right, was never satisfied. He never actually paid for the field, right? That was a loan, right? So that would be the case. Now, mind you, if Shimon gives the field to the creditor, then Shimon gets to keep his money, and the creditor would then just keep the field. But the case that Rava is going to suggest, which is going to bring us back to his opinion versus Abaye as to the Mafreya versus Elkan Haba, is Shimon can be even smarter than that. I'll say it outside quickly first, which is, Shimon could do the following shtick. He can give the field back to the Yasomim. If he gives back the field to the Yasomim, he collect it, He can collect it back and keep his money. It's a shtick. Because what Shimon could do is he returns the field to the Yasomim, right? Then, once he returns the field to the Yasomim, remember, Ruvain, when he sold the field to Shimon, promised Shimon that he'd be able to give him money. The Yasomim let's say, have nothing. So whether, if the and get money, they only have money. If they get a field, they only have a field. So Reuven gives the field back to the Asomim. Now all they have is this one uh, measly field. Ruvain had been told when the field was sold to him, that the, the field was sold to him by Akhariahs, with a guarantee. So uh, right, Shimon rather had been told that. So Shimon goes to the Asomim and says, Hey guys, I know I gave you back the field, but now I was, that field was sold to me by Acharias, so give it back to me. So the mepharshim explained, he doesn't even go through this. Uh, you, you don't have to go through like the closing costs here, right? He actually is going to keep the field. But in theory, what he's going to do is he's going to give the field back to the Assumim and then take it back. What's happened now? What's happened now is that Shimon gets to keep his money. He no longer even needs to pay the money because he got his field back. That was part of the deal. Part of the deal was if anything goes south, he gets the field back. So what went south? What went south is that Yisoyim actually didn't have any money. It becomes a circular thing. I mean, Yisoyim didn't have any money. They're essentially paying off Shimon with the field that he now gets to keep. This is what we're going to learn now. But Amar Rava Rava come, came in in this uh, in this case, which is um, I listened to Doctor Glatt Shlita Rabbi Doctor Glatt. I listened to uh, Eisenstein. I think Shlita. And, um, a few, a few others. And, um, I don't know. I hope that this was clear, because they all, as they entered this case, I said, oh, okay, hold on to your hats. This is a very convoluted case. We hope we were clear, they said at the end. Okay, so, I hope I was clear here. But be that as it may, for and this is what we were about to say. This is what we just said, this is what we we're about to read inside. If Shimon is clever, this is not really, he's, notice he's not saying if Shimon is a nice guy. <laughs> he's saying if Shimon is clever, magbilu Ara, he can have he can co- collect right the land of the children from as payment rather than take mataltalin The Hadar Gabe rather than take money, and then once Reuben's children take the land from him, in other words, I I said it wrong. Magbilu Ara means that he could have the children, this is what I said before. He can have the right the Yosomim Take the land from him as payment instead of paying back the loan, take it in the form of land. Once, if taken as a form of land, then he's going to get the land right back from Ruvain. The Amar of Nachman, how is he allowed to do that? Because of the principle of Nachman. What does Rav Nachman say? This is again the concept we said before. That not only, right, can not only can a creditor take land, right, real estate from Yosomim, but a creditor could even take land that is owed to Yosomim and then gets repaid to Yosomim, right? So even if it's a step removed, this is Rav Nachman's halacha is saying very simply, all real estate is treated as if the father was still alive. So the Yosomim can collect it and even the creditors can then take it from the Yosomim. So it's in, in stark contrast to money, which it's like frozen in time. Everybody just, whatever money they have at the time of the passing of the father, so if you owe it, or you, so the, it's, it's frozen in time. The Yosomim can still collect money that was owed to the father because that is money that's owed to the estate. But you don't take money from once their once their father passed, okay? But you can take real estate because it's as if the father was there. And as we said, and as we just said here by Rav Dachman, to emphasize that even, again, that even land that Yisomim collect as payment, even that, right, subsequent, posthumously, subsequent to their father's passing, they collect the land, that can go back to the creditors. Because, so the creditors can, can in fact wait for the Yosomim to collect land in order to take the land from them. In fact, that is what based off of this halacha, that is what Shimon did, right? He considers the land, he considered the land that their father magnanimously sold to him and said, don't, you don't have to pay me yet. He considered that as the money that he could then give back to Yisomim and he pulled a clever stick because he knows that once the Yisomim get it, he becomes, that land becomes owed to him and he could just take it right back. Wow. Okay. The Gemara, however, is going to say, I amis lemafreahu This is whose suggestion again? It was Rava's suggestion. Rava said that if Shimon was a wise guy, he could do this. Well, that sounds like what? That sounds like the mashkon, um, a creditor, gets the property retroactively from the time of the loan. Why? Because if you hold like a baye, not like Rava, it makes sense, because you could say what? For that reason, that's why Rav Nachman said, Right? That once the orphans get the, the property from a debtor, then the creditors of their father can in fact collect land from them. Why? Because the reason why the creditors can collect the land, it was because it was, right, be'en. It was, it was there when the father was alive. So it's as if they're collecting from the father. But that's only true if it's lema freya. In other words, it's only, you can only, right, pretend, so to speak, like the father's still alive. And, and Rav Nachman's din is predicated, again, Ravah, Ravah's halacha of Shimon's stick being clever, is predicated on Rav Nachman's din, that you could even collect from land that was given to the Yasomim. But that Rav Nachman's din is predicated on the concept that the land that was owed the Yasomim that's being given to the creditors, it's as if it was in the possession of the Yosomin when the father died, right? You have to go, like we said, multiple steps in order to collect land from Yosomin that was owed to Yosomin, but not yet paid at the time of the passing of their father. You have to treat that land as if it was already in the possession of the estate of the father at the time that the father passed. And you can only hold that if you hold to this concept of limina freya. That a creditor's land is as if it's, it's as good as in his, right, in, in, in the father's possession. Says the Gemara, however, if Rava holds, as he does, that the whole idea of land and creditors and mortgage in this case is, is that the, right, that the home, right, the whole idea is that the homeowner, um, or the person who's in possession of the home is the one that owes the karka and it's only when he defaults on the loan that he has to give the money. So Amai So why can the creditor then collect property from Yasamin? Hahabi Right? It's as if the right it's as if the orphans, the Yasmi, had purchased it. Dizbin Yasmi Dame. It's similar, dummy, to As if the Yusomin purchased it, which is to say, when the creditor, according to Rava, right, when the creditor comes back and gives us land, it's like found money or purchased money, as it were, right? It's new money. It's new land. It's something that they just came across now because they didn't know. According to Rava, they had no reason to believe necessarily that their lender... Or the person that borrowed from them, rather, was going to default on the loan. It was only when he defaulted on the loan that it became theirs. And when he defaulted on the loan, it's that's a new transaction. That's not something that was already considered to be in their possession, according to Rava. And therefore, why would anybody be able to take it from them? Says the Gemara. Now, if the if the let's say the Yisomim got out uh, had gone out and purchased this property on their own, then certainly Right? It's a new life. Dad is no longer around and they're making transactions. None of those transactions reflect back to any of Dad's creditors, right? They don't have to they don't know the creditors anything. They're this is a new this is a new world order. They're running the business now. And the creditors of dad are gone. They're making new transactions that have, they have no obligation to these creditors. As the gemara says, right? Mika Are they, chayev, when they, let's say, they buy, they make a new real estate investment, right, after the father passed. They purchased another building. So, is that real estate investment have anything to do with the father's creditors in halacha? It does not. Okay? And so, according to Rava, money that you get back from a collateral after a default is the exact same thing as money of, from a new transaction. So why, again, would Rava himself suggest that Shimon, were he to be clever, can can treat the money, the, the field that he brings back to the Usamim, as if they had had it all along and then take it away from them? Says the Gemara, no, shiny hasam. In that case, when Rava says Shimon is being clever. It's very different. Why? The Amr Lahu. in that case, Shimon could say to the Yisomim, ki hechi de mishtabna Vuchun, mishtabad mishtabadna nami Vuchun. It's a very unusual case where, again, I mean, we know that that scenario was unusual to begin with, right? It's kind of like Ruvein was especially magnanimous to Shimon, and the deal was so bad that if Shimon really wanted to take care, uh, take advantage of the Yisomim, he could, as follows, by saying, "I mortgage my property to your father." But I also mortgaged it to whoever your father's creditor would be, which in this case is myself, right? And this functions based on the famous Shibuddha de Rabbi Nasan, as the Gemara explains. What does this even mean? What did what did it mean that I intended to also mortgage it, right? In other words, what did it mean when he says that the collateral, right, that I that I owed your father. Was also owed to whoever his creditors would be. How does it go through his father and then back to his creditors? He's saying this, right? He's saying this because he, in fact, is his father, is the father's creditor. And so he's kind of like not money laundering, but he's carca laundering over here. He's kind of like paying himself with himself. How so? From uh, the Rabbi Nassan. This is a famous concept, uh, that we will see. All these things, when we get to Nezikin, are going to make more sense because it's somehow this is like eight blot of Nezikin sort of condensed into our one blot. It's it's a it's a little bit it's a little bit less dense when you take it one step at a time in context, and so we'll we'll we'll, it'll probably go smoother and slower then. But just to explain over here, the Shibuddha of Rabbi Nasan is as follows: the Rabbi Nasan, what's the case? The Tanya. What is this? Very simply. A owes B money. B owes money to C. It's a chain. Guess what? C has rights to A's money. That's what Shibuda de Rabbi Nassan means. It's, it's ownership by association. That if A owes B money and B owes C money, C actually has a claim to, to A's money directly. What's the nafkamina? That even if B somehow expires and ends up out of the picture, C can go directly to A. It's as if the shibud that A had to, to B was also to C. Okay? That's the shibud of the Rabbi Nassan. That C, it's uh, the, the, the shibud that A has to C is like calp- is palpable. It really exists such that when B is out of the picture, he owes it. That, that is what Shimon is basically saying. In this case, Shimon is. Shimon is A and C in a sense right so he's saying I had at stake I was Mr. A and Mr. C so yes I owed money to your father but I also owed to your but it was also owed to your father's creditors and therefore I'm really collecting I'm the creditor collecting from your father but really he's A and C so he's collecting from himself it's a shtick but that's what Shibutu Rabbi Nassan means so again that's what it means a person who has claimed to Right, a mana against the person and that person in turns owes to the other person shemotzin mizev nosen We take from A and give it to C. Where do we learn it? Talmud Lomar, that the Nasan laasher hashem lo. Right, you give the money to the person who's guilty. This is the case. It's it's not for now. This is the case of a theft, and you have to give it back. But as Rashi says, Lashem lo. Rashi just explains lo lo nemar el lo l'asher ha shelo says Rashi meaning Karen means that that as the right you only usually pay Karen to the person that you literally stole from so what we're saying is right like A let's say stole from B but B was C's credit right C but B owed C money it's as if when you pay back B right B was the guy you stole from but no, we treat C as the guy you stole from, even though that isn't the guy that you stole from. Meaning that is the way of expressing, it could have said the guy that you borrowed from and you owed money to, because really you didn't steal from C. But treating C himself like the guy that you stole from is another way of saying that the Karen is by him. Is another way of saying is that C is like a surrogate for B. That it literally C, like we said, Shiba DeRubi Nassan, that loan is so strong that it's as if C becomes B. This is a lot of lumbus here. Wow. Okay. Now, uh, we, have to, we have to move on. So we have another challenge over here, nine lines up from the bottom, from our Mishnah. Because our Mishnah itself made it sound like Abaye, right? Didn't our Mishnah say that whoever the chametz, the collateral was with, it's as if it belongs to him? That sounds like Lema Freya. So how is Rava going to deal with it? So let's see. Tonight, we learned the Mishnah, al now it's going to go faster here because that was the hardest part. But here we go. Uh, right. So we said before that that again the Nahri was holding on to the mashkon. He lent the Jew now, and that that becomes Sh Right. That becomes mutter. It's not chametz shavah pesach It sounds like the mashkon becomes the Nahri's. Right, l'mafreyah. So, i am it's b'shleim l'mafreyah who gove am to lachim mutar The reason why it's mutar is because the nachri holds on to l'mafreyah. Iam is mikanel haba who gove. If you hold like rabba mikanel haba, my mutar b'hanah b'shushadis ral havakai. Right, it was in the possession of the Jew all along. Right, it's his until he defaults on the loan. So, if you hold like rabba that it's his until he defaults on the loan, why are you saying it's mutar The gemara answers achabemayeskinan cheherhino, etzlo. The Jew didn't just mortgage. His chametz, right? He deposited it with him, and this is what Rashi was saying on the Mishnah. He already knew that the the chametz was deposited as as a security. So there's two types of mashkon, apparently, right? You could either right like live in the house and treat it like it's yours when you have a mortgage, or you could literally like deposit it in the bank and give it to the bank and say, "I'll take it when I pay off my mortgage." Nobody does that, but that is essentially what he did with the chametz. Okay, six lines up. Israel Yisrael and le'nachri al chametzo. Let's say that this machlok is a in fact, the machlok is tanaim, right? Because we say in a braisa that if a Jew lent money before Pesach on assurance of the, uh, right, uh, of the, of the Chametz as a collateral, la achar Pesach ain't over. We say, like we said before, that it's going to be considered, um, like as if it was the, the all along, and there's no Chametz Pesach. Mishum, Rabbi, Meir, Amr, over. However, Meir said that he does violate Chametz al Pesach. My love Bahaikomiflages. So maybe the Mahlokis Tanakham or mayor is in fact the Machlokis Abai Rava, the Mar Savannah Freyao Gova, Gova, right, which we know is the Mahlokis of Rava. Says the Gemara. but is it possible that that would be Meklokis Tanaim? Ama Sefa, you have to look at the end of the Brysa, because the Brysa continues to say, Aval Nachri Shahilvili Yisrael Khameito, that the, the flip side case where the Nahri is lending the Jew money and the Jew's chametz is collateral, so we say laachar pesach over. Wow! In the in the safe of that brisa, everybody holds that it's chametz Shavar la pesach. Remember, this is chametz that the Jew that belongs to the Jew that apparently is in the possession of the nachri. You say it's Gemara. Wait, We said the, we should have said the opposite, just like our Mishnah said. Right? Our Mishnah said that whoever owns the collateral, he's the one. It's as if the chametz is in his possession. Straight up a but the Brayer doesn't say that. The Brysa says that in one direction, right? It it'll depend the Machlokes, But in the the other direction, everybody holds that the that the uh, Jew is over on by on on Chamas So why doesn't it say the same in the other direction? It implies that the machlokas here must not be mikanel habel mafreya, because then it would be like our Mishnah that it would just depend on whose possession it's in. So we say should have said the opposite. Right. In other words, simply put, right. Our mishnah it's just reciprocal, and whoever and, and in the brisa it's not reciprocal. In the brisa, in the direction where the Jew owns the chametz, it's, it's it's going to be chametz Shavar of pesach regardless. So therefore, it can't be that that. Machlokis in the Ramea and Tanakama in the Resha is disputing the same idea of al Abba versus the Lamefreya like Abaye in Ravah. So as we turn to Lamadala from Bez, we say, like we said before, kigon hinu <inaudible> that this is the case where, what? The borrower deposits the, the chametz with the lender. So here, right, the Khamit is treated as a security and we're going to see how that uh, plays into the price as follows be the Rabbi Yitzchak and the Machlokas there becomes right above a Mitzya issue again. What kind of Shomer is the Balchov on this Mashkon? The Amar Rabbi Yitzchak la the Balchov shekon and Mashkon. How do we know? And so it sounds like it's a derivative of the Machlokas Abay and Rava, but it's a little bit different. It's a little bit more, more fundamental. Who owns the Mashkon, the bank, or who owns this mortgage, the bank or the homeowner? So Rabbi Yitzchak says, how do we know that it's in fact the creditor? Right, that owns it. Right, that it's a tzedaka. If you give it back, you may not mashkon Right. In other words, giving back a mashkon is an act of sort of tzedaka, like altruism. Why? Because it must be that it has to be that the, that it's as if the creditor owns that mashkon he's doing you a favor by giving it back. Mikan lebalchov shekonem mashkon. Okay, so then what do you do with the first case of the b'risa it looks like a straight up machalokas? Says the Gemara, Tanakam, Hanimili Yisrael, Yisrael. Okay, Yeah, that idea of mashkon being a tzedakah is only when you have two, in, right, two Israelis, in it, it's like two Jews in, in, in the transaction. Hu, karina That's where the pasuk applies. Aval Yisrael, menachri, lo But when a Jew takes a mashkon from a nachri, he does not acquire, acquire it and therefore it should be mutter. Rabbi Meir does a Rabbi however, does a kavachomer. Yisrael, Yisrael, Kani. That if a Jew, again, when he acquires a mashkon from another Jew, if he owns that mashkom, so certainly Yisrael Menachvi lo and certainly if it's a non-Jew's mashkon, right, so it, then he certainly should acquire it. That becomes the machlokes. In other words. Uh, do we say that this mashkon is purely a, this concept of l'chati et tzedakah with mashma, mashkon is purely a Jewish idea? Or is it something that also applies to Nachrim as well? But certainly everybody would agree, says the Gemara, aval nachri she'ilveh es Yisrael chametzo." right, certainly would agree, everybody would agree that if a nachri, right, uh a Jew money with, with the idea... That the Jews' Chametz is the Mashkon, then Achar Pesach Divra Kol over. Then everybody's going to agree, right, that it's going to, that it's going to be us or why the Hasan Vadai Nachrim is like honey. Because everyone agrees that a nachri doesn't own the Chametz. In other words, the Chametz was the collateral of the nachri in that case, right? Everybody agrees that nachri don't, get, don't own the collateral of Jews. The only question was do Jews own the collateral of Nachrim, or is it strictly a Jew on Jew halacha to say tzedakah? But certainly Nachrim don't own the collateral of Jews. And that accounts for the discrepancy of the b'risa, where in the first case, it's totally b'machlokas, whether Jews and Nahri's have actual, whether a Nahri can, in fact, a Jew can collect the mashkin from a Nahri. But in the safe of the b'risa, everyone agrees that the Nahri can't collect the collateral from a Jew. That's certainly not the case. And therefore, the Jew, when he's holding on to the chametz, and the Chometz is collateral, he's going to be over Chometz Shavar al-Pesach on that Chometz because of the fact that certainly that collateral isn't considered to be owed to the Jews. So we're going to continue over here, 11 lines down, on Lamed Al-Fam and Beis tomorrow. Right here.